0: Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Joni DeBrito on welcoming adult children home for the holidays.
1: When kids leave home, we freeze in our brain the way they were when they left and we are all expecting them to come back that way. And they typically don't. They they look a little different, Um, they may talk different, they may have gone to another part of the world or another part of the country Mm. where they pick up an accent. Um, Mm -hmm. You notice different things about them, and instead of being disturbed by that, let it be something that you're excited about. It's really fun to watch them change and to, to go through that dynamic change.
0: Joni Debrito next. Expectations for family can be high over the holidays, especially when seeing loved ones you haven't been around for months. For parents of adult children, the holidays can be a particularly tricky time to navigate. Celebrating with adult children looks far different than when they were young, and the dynamics can turn sour when unspoken expectations aren't met. Dr. Joni Debrito is a licensed counselor with Focus on the Family and is with us to provide advice on handling various issues that may come up when welcoming adult children home for the holidays. Joni, introduce us to why you believe this is such an important subject.
1: Well, you know... As we become parents and we help our children get through childhood, I think some of us are given this idea that everything stops at 18 and that's not the truth. We continue to be parents to our children throughout their lives, throughout our lives. And the time during which they are emerging into adulthood and then becoming young adults is a really dynamic time. And they need us in many ways as much as they did when they were younger, but in very different ways. Obviously, they're becoming very independent and so forth. So we are more in a mentoring role than we might have been previously. So as they are talking about coming home for the holidays, it's especially important for parents and their young adult children to talk about what is that time going to look like, what is the space going to look like, what kinds of things might we do together, what are your plans with other people in your life, et cetera, so that there aren't hurt feelings on either side, or misunderstandings or arguments between the two.
0: A big part of this, maybe one word that it might kind of wrap around all of these things, and I want to ask you about each of those that you just mentioned, but that is unspoken expectations, perhaps, that uh, maybe aren't met. Maybe it's more on the part of the parents, but can you talk about what some of those um, unspoken expectations might be?
1: Yes. Well, I'll give an example. I used to run a college counseling center, so I used to have these conversations with parents and students all the time. Parents would call in tears and say, you know, my son and daughter uh, they don't want to come home or whatever, and we kind of talk about that and get their kids together and have conversations. But the biggest issue is the kids would say, I'm coming home and then parents all of a sudden especially moms frankly would jump into all of this planning and sometimes they'd make reservations and pay for all kinds of tickets and so forth not ever having discussed that with the young adult child the Mm. college student or even an older young adult And so, they have this expectation of, oh, my son or daughter is coming home to spend time with me. And they probably are for a period of time, but most likely they've also made a lot of other arrangements to reconnect with friends who they've heard are going to be in town and do other things on their own with their own peers.
0: And also the issue of family traditions. I mean, the parents might be remembering when the kids were small yes. or growing up or whatever, and there were, we, we used to do all of these things, and then they're coming back, and you kind of get the sense maybe they're, they're not quite as uh, nostalgic about the family traditions as the parents are. <laughs>
1: yes. Often those traditions are much more ingrained in the parents than they are in kids, and sometimes as they get older, they start kind of waxing nostalgic, and they come back and say, oh, gosh, I, I want to do that again. But often in that period of leaving for college or to have a career or what have you, leaving home and then growing into their 20s and so forth, they kind of distance themselves from some of those things, even if they come back. So those are the things that you need to talk about as well. What kinds of things do you want to do? What kinds of things are you looking forward to? So you can incorporate those. And What happens is that if you are respectful to them and you care about what they want to do and care about their time and space, they will likely reciprocate for you as well.
0: And what are some common issues, uh, Joni, that uh, parents and their adult children face when back in the same home again? I mean, obviously, they could come back and stay somewhere else, but typically, especially if they're younger, adults it would be logical that they would stay with their parents what what are some of those big issues i think you alluded to them
1: well some of them are obviously how you're spending your time Um, the other thing is that there are often arguments around house rules and so forth because especially if kids have gone away to college and they've been living under a different set of rules they come back and kind of expect that they can do whatever they want And so you need to have discussions about that ahead of time of what are some of the things that we're expecting and, you know, what do you think is fair and trying to negotiate around that. But the other thing is definitely the space in the home. So sometimes kids will say um, things like, I don't really want to spend time with you, but by the way, I've invited 30 <laughs> people over on Friday night to have a big party at your house. Um, and those are things you probably need to figure out ahead of time. So there are often issues around how you're going to use the space in the home, when you need it to be private, when it's okay for them to invite friends over, etc.
0: Well, Well, in terms of, as you said, if, if they're away f- from home, they've been living in another community. This is for those, of course, that are coming home uh, right. for the holidays, and they've gotten used to coming and going as they please, coming home at yeah. three in the morning or whatever it yeah. is. I mean, w- what do you suggest? I mean, uh, it's it's disruptive suddenly to have somebody coming and going at strange hours.
1: Yeah. And, and really, that's what it's about. It's about having that discussion, saying, what are your expectations of when you'll be here, when you won't be here, et cetera. And really, out of respect, mutual respect, parents should be able to say, okay, that's comfortable or that's not comfortable for me because. And then for some of those cases, sometimes parents will say, so you're free to, you know, have your schedule the way you want to, but I'm not comfortable with you coming home at three in the morning. So if you're going to be out that late, just let me know and stay wherever you are instead of coming home. Because there are a lot of issues around that. You know, I talked through that issue with a family once. And the biggest issue was they had a very sophisticated alarm system Mm. the parents used. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't. It was very disruptive. If if it went off at three o'clock in the morning, disruptive to the neighborhood and so forth, and very hard to reset. But the parents wanted to have it on, so they just worked out that if you're going to be gone past midnight, call us and let us know where you are, just so we know you're you're okay.
0: So if I understand, at least a common thread to this point, Joni is recommending that uh, the parents and the adult children who are coming home, uh, even though it may seem like it's maybe for some making it more complicated than it has to, but you're saying. Talk about these things beforehand. Do time management Absolutely. before.
1: Yes. It's really all about helping one another understand what your expectations are. So parents, from a parent's standpoint, these are our expectations. What do you think? And most kids will say, ah, yeah, a lot of that sounds okay, but here are some things I don't want to do, and vice versa. Kids will say, I want to do this. They may say, I've invited 30 people over to our house mm-hmm. for uh, you know a party on Friday night hang on, we need to talk about that before we figure out if that's going to work. And often that turns into, you know, you can have five or six people over, but we're not in a place where we want to entertain 30 people at our house over Christmas or what have you. Maybe parents say, yeah, bring them all over, more the merrier. The whole idea is that you need to have that platform where you can talk about it and mutually agree on what you want to do.
0: Well, my guest today on his people is dr. Joni debrito she's a licensed mental health professional she's also a regular contributor to focus on the family we're talking about welcoming adult children home for the holidays and and really also dealing with the stress that sometimes accompanies that uh, those times uh, so Joni, another thing um, that I think I read in 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 your piece is that holidays really can be an opportunity to learn more about who our ch- adult child has become, especially if they've been living in another community, in another state maybe, uh, who they've become in their adult years?
1: Yes. So one of the things that happens is as kids leave home, they go through a lot of dynamic changes and most things stay fairly the same for those of us who are at home because we're already developed, we're fully developed. Of course, we continue to change a little bit as we get older, but most things are kind of settled for us. Mm -hmm. And yet our kids are changing rapidly and they're doing lots of different things, their opinions are changing. Remember, though, that just because their opinions change for a period of time doesn't necessarily mean that's where they're going to land. So what's really fun is actually to hear from them about what they've experienced and how they've changed and how they're looking differently at life and to really set aside judgment, unless you hear hear something that's very potentially damaging to your child, but if it's just a difference of opinion, maybe a difference of political opinions, what have you, let them tell you what's been happening in their life. And the best way to do that is say, hey, I wanna hear what's been going on. Tell me about, tell me about this, tell me about that. What has been going on? Ask questions that don't require one answer. Do you like living in New York is either a yes or no answer. Mm. But to say, hey, what's it like to live in New York? And then listen, listen to what they have to say. And if you can take the attitude of, wow, this is really neat. I'm learning about my child and where he or she is in life right now and just be willing to listen and hear, and again, not be judgmental, then the more you listen, the more they will tell you. And the more that you begin to build that young adult, that relationship with your young adult, that will become more of an adult relationship as they get older.
0: And certainly some of these situations may be that they haven't seen the adult child maybe for a period of months or maybe even a year sure. or two. Who knows? You've got sure. the pandemic back there and all that that might have held things up. Right. But w- what about if they come? Uh, how, what do you recommend if they come with some kind of um, startling news? I mean, they've been raised in a Christian home and so forth, mm-hmm. and they've got news that maybe I, I, I don't quite believe that anymore or I've, right. I've chosen to maybe live a different way.
1: Well, the first thing I would say is remember that that's a normal and healthy part of development for people in their early early adult stages to really begin to question the things that they've learned at home. Now, remember that just because they question something and just because they have a different opinion when they come home at the age of 19 after, you know, a year of college or a few semesters of college does not necessarily mean that's where they're going to end up. You might think about many of the things that you thought about or, or, you know, were sure you were going to do at the age of 19, you know, that never came to be. Mm -hmm. And even at the age of 25, we change. So rather than judge, and rather than overreact, I say, listen, and hear where they're coming from. And the more you listen, the more you find little open doors to maybe question or say, tell me more about that. It's very, very common for people raised in Christian homes to begin to question their faith as they move into that early adulthood stage. And again, that is a good thing because we want people to come to their faith in God in a very authentic, genuine way. Mm -hmm. We want them to have that that love of Jesus in their heart that's there because they chose that, not because they happened to go to Sunday school for 12 years or however long they did. It needs to be a personal decision. And so along those lines, often people have to stop and reevaluate and make it to a point of not believing for a moment. And that may continue, but more often than not, they come right back to where where they were because they they think okay now I've explored this for myself and I think I agree with where how I was raised and I think I believe and if they come home with other kinds of ideas or issues that have to do with their personality their identity that sort of thing those are the kinds of things that for the most part are best to allow for a period of time as long as it doesn't appear to be damaging to them. And most times, frankly, um, those things kind of work themselves out.
0: You do, I think, point out in, uh, in this particular piece, uh, dealing with stress that sometimes accompanies uh, adult children coming home uh, for the holidays is, I, this would obviously be, this would speak to the parents, resist the tendency to equate time with value in other words, uh, the parent is looking forward maybe to large chunks of time and, and the child might, it, I, th- I think how you put it, is maybe 30 minutes uh, for the meal or open the presents for a few minutes and off, off they're, they're going to something mm-hmm. else, which is perfectly normal.
1: Mm -hmm. It is perfectly normal, and remember, it's a healthy thing because they need to develop those peer relationships as they go forward. They definitely need mentors in their lives. They need their parents. They need that guidance, but they also have so many major decisions to make. Do I go to college? Do I try to start a career? If I'm starting a career instead of going to college, do I do an apprenticeship program? Where do I go? What do I do, et cetera? think I might want to get married, if I want to get married, you know, what kind of person do I want to marry? You figure that stuff out as you're relating certainly to mentors, but also to your peers. So they need that time. It's not necessarily a bad thing that they are wanting to hang out. So yes, um, kids can get a lot out of a half an hour with their parents, even though the parents might have been thinking, oh, I thought we had the whole evening with you.
0: And I think you may have touched on this uh, to some degree, but I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to add to the idea of uh, working together to define boundaries.
1: Boundaries, is they're the key. Boundaries around your time, boundaries mm-hmm. around the use of your space, um, boundaries around those expectations, et cetera. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I would say is to remember too, that as your children are emerging, Um, There may be things that they don't feel comfortable sharing with you right now, and that's okay. And again, you'll find out if there are damaging things going on in their lives. You'll probably you know, get a distress call or someone will say, hey, I saw your daughter and I'm worried about her or something like that. But basically, they need to be able to have some privacy and begin to explore their lives on their own without feeling like they have to talk with mom and dad about everything. And so that's a good thing. So um, I would say boundaries around your time, boundaries around your space. And as we talked about before, those are things to work out before they walk in the door. (laughs) So that you can really say here are my expectations. What are yours? Do they make sense? You know, let's talk about how we can agree and so forth. The biggest thing that I will tell you is that again, when kids leave home, we freeze in our brain the way they were when they left and we are all expecting them to come back that way. And they typically don't. They, they look a little different. Um, they may talk different. They may have gone to another part of the world or another part of the country mm-hmm. where they pick up an accent. Um, mm-hmm. You notice different things about them. And instead of being disturbed by that, let it be something that you're excited about. It's really fun to watch them change and to, to go through that dynamic change
0: work to resolve money issues and uh perhaps that's not the first thing that would come to mind when uh regardless of which side you're on if you're the adult child that's coming home for the holidays Mm -hmm. or whether you're the the parent welcoming them home what what money issues uh are are you referring to
1: well one thing would be uh gift giving so Mm -hmm. um you might wanna talk about you know, what are your expectations in terms of gifts. And for a lot of young people, they don't have a lot of money available. So it's very stressful for them to feel like I have to buy presents for mom and dad and all my siblings, and my aunts and my uncles and grandparents or what have you. So to really uh, be sensitive to where they are financially and talk about that. And also be sensitive to if they're not able to give a lot, that you may want to mirror that, where you're not overindulging them because it can make them feel shamed, ashamed that they can't reciprocate and so forth. So talking about that can be really helpful. Um, but then there are also issues where kids come expecting a mm. lot from their parents that their parents aren't either willing to give or don't think they need to give. And so that's another thing to figure out. So in the example of the kid who comes home and says, yeah, I invited 30 of my friends. We're going to have a party. And Hey, can you go to the store tomorrow and buy all the food and so forth? Those that's why you need to have those conversations because no, <laughs> you plan the party. It's your party. Now, if you wanted me to purchase that stuff, that's something we need to talk about before you invited 30 people to my house.
0: Well, I think, uh, Joni, that certainly the context that we've been talking about here is is the adult child who is single still. How do mm-hmm. these dynamics change if they're coming home with either a spouse or a significant other or even mm-hmm. kids in tow? Yeah
1: obviously um, those space and time issues become amplified because there are more people that need to be tended to and so forth and so it's actually really good to be talking about we know you're going to be here we're really excited to see you but tell us about the private time that you feel like you need what are those private times things like um maybe Maybe if you're like me, you get up early in the morning and I love to get up early. And if I have guests, I love to make breakfast, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want that. Maybe they want to be able to sleep in. It's a vacation. Yeah. Maybe they want to sleep in until 10 or 11 in the morning. They should be able to do that um, so that they can have some private time together. And the other thing that I would say is that if they are bringing children and those are your grandchildren, of course, you're very excited to see them and interact with them. And you need to learn, you know, if you haven't seen them for a while, because kids change rapidly, what are your children's tolerance for time with Nana and Papa or Mimi and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. Grandma and Grandpa or whomever, whatever they call you. Mm -hmm. um, What are their tolerance levels? Because, you know, grandparents just want to smother their kids when they, their grandchildren, when they come in and let's go here and let's go there. And that can be very overwhelming for younger children.
0: What about the idea that it, maybe it's going to be smoother if, if the whole group stays in a hotel rather than at home? Or is that just... That's, a-
1: no, that's an excellent point, that sometimes in the talking through things people actually realize that. That actually happened um, in my family a couple of years ago. It wasn't related to a holiday. It was actually related to going to a family reunion. But as we talked about all the things that were going to be going on and the things that we needed to do, we realized it would probably be better for us and better for everyone else for us to stay in a hotel. So if there is money available to do that, that can be a really good option.
0: And through all of this, we've been talking about uh, obviously either the adult child or the adult child and family and coming home, perhaps not seeing them for a while. You say it's important to, to acknowledge that change, even though it can be exciting and fun and all that, it's actually, it's actually hard as well, or can be.
1: It is. It's especially hard on parents. Um, what, the typical scenario is that children come home and they're very excited to tell their parents about changes And that the parents start feeling this stress. They start hearing the differences. They're like, Mm. gee, I thought so-and-so was going to do this or that or whatever. For instance, we know when kids go to college, it's very common. The vast majority of them change their majors, maybe not once, twice, sometimes four times. Mm. Sometimes they change it four times a year. Mm. That's part of being in college. Mm -hmm. And so you have a parent that says, oh, gee, I thought you were going into whatever, teaching, why would you want to do this? <laughs> you, you just you know, you just have to listen and see how it plays out because they may come back the next semester and be right back to where they were originally. Mm-hmm. And so kids often come home really excited to share the changes that have happened, and sometimes parents unintentionally. Uh, shut down that excitement by beginning to ask questions or expressing worry when it's probably better to listen and just kind of wait to see how many of these things will play out
0: well having said all of this uh, Joni, my guest is Dr. Joni uh, Debrito, and she's a licensed uh, mental health professional also regular contributor to focus on the family if the adult kids and parents are professing Christians if they share the Christian faith if that is continuing to be the case any suggestions on keeping even with all of these things and all of these considerations, sure. uh, which uh, keeping Jesus at the center of everything?
1: For sure. I mean, I think there are definitely things that you can express to your children. And one way to keep Jesus in the midst of the holidays is to say, you know, we're excited to have you home. Here are some things that we are going to continue to do that are important to us. You, we hope that you'll participate. If you're not able to, that's okay, but we are going to. So we don't want um, the kids to have the impression that they get to dictate everything that you're doing. You certainly want to continue prayer and worship and um different events that you might go to Christmas Eve services and so forth, continue to do those things. And by all means, try to encourage your children to come with you, but you can't force them to come. Just don't allow their decisions about how to um, live their lives during this time and how much they want to involve Jesus as the center of the situation. Don't allow those decisions of theirs to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And And by all means, invite them. I would say, though, if you force them to go with you, it doesn't usually go very well for either party.
0: And I think you've at least to some extent answered this uh, virtually my final question nearly but what if what if um it's only one side or the other what if it's what if the parents are are the professing christians and the kid or the kids the family isn't or if sometimes that's reversed, and and it's the kid that's coming home and is now a Christian, has become a believer mm-hmm. away in mm-hmm. college or away at at this new job or whatever. I mean, how, how do you suggest navigating that where you have two very different views of the holiday, the secular and the faith-oriented?
1: Well, again, it's that idea of mutual respect, that you'd have respect for how each one wants to recognize the holidays and be willing to participate maybe if your child uh, comes home and has found the Lord and that's not something that you uh, participate in, you're not a Christian, to be able to hear again and understand where that decision came from and if they say, hey, would you like to go to church with me? You you certainly have a right to say no, mm-hmm. but may it be open to going to church because it's important to your child. We should be interested in the things that are important to our family members. And it goes the other way, you know, that, that kids should be able to show interest in the things that their children are, their, their parents are interested in, whether they're participating or not. So I think it really has to do with mutual respect and trying to create that atmosphere. And the most likely way that you're able to get respect from your kids is to show respect to them for their points of view and their beliefs.
0: Well, Dr. Joni Debrito, my guest today on His People. Well, uh, Joni, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about uh, that whole uh, issue, many different facets to it of welcoming adult children home for the holidays. Any uh, last words of um, encouragement? Um, Any last thoughts?
1: You know, I think that Christmas is a time to be joyful. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in the stress. And it takes an intentional decision that we're going to focus on joy and gratitude and the things that are wonderful. So that's what I encourage that as you anticipate reuniting with your children, grandchildren, etc, that you would think in in uh, terms of what you're grateful for and what you have to be joyful for and the joy that you have to look forward to. And if things don't go exactly as you expected, hopefully you will have talked through things a little bit, but if they don't go exactly as expected, instead of being disappointed to say, where can I find the joy in this? Where where is the place that I can still be
0: grateful? You've been listening to his people on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Dr. Joni Debrito, a licensed counselor with focus on the family. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Katrina Lee on the inspiring story of the 17 missionaries who were kidnapped late last year in Haiti. I think that's what I'm walking away with is that God can can work even when there is um, diversity of opinion and disagreements and, and whatnot. Um, he worked to bring them all to safety and whether he used the ransom somewhat and the escape or, and I don't, There's no way to know that. But, you know, he he inspired them to escape. He he worked it out in his own time. and, And not one single person in that story can say that I accomplished this. There's nobody that can say that. Only God. That's tomorrow at this same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.